when you humble yourself and realize, hey, we're all gonna mess up, we can't hold your hope, then you'll realize that the only place that's worthy of your hope and that can hold your hope in caring, loving arms is Christ, our Father in heaven. Soundstripe. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Casper Schistel. This is the Lord I Need You podcast. You're here on episode four of Humility Breathes Hope. Humility Breathes Hope, part two. Now, I did not know we were going to have a part two talking about hope. So if you want to go back to the last episode, we also get to talk about hope there. But the Lord asked me to continue on this, this hope, and I think it's perfect with the time that we're in in our world and everything. We need a ton of hope um, and we need to figure out where we are putting our hope in so that we don't get crushed um, when we put our hope in places that it's not meant to be. So this is what that's po- this is what the podcast is going to be about today. Um, I know I got to do this part. It's not the best part, but we got to do it so we can get the word out to as many people as possible. We want to get it out there for sure. So I got to do the plugs real quick. So please share this. If you know someone that needs to hear this, Share it. I know we're new. I know I'm learning. I'm learning a lot as I'm going through this, but I would love it. I would love you if you would share it. I mean, of course, I still love you, but I would love you a little bit more. So you could share this podcast with anyone and you can find it anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Let's see. Tune in. You got Podchaser. You got all those other ones that I don't even know, but there, it's up there. Trust me, it's up there. Just search Lord I Need You. You can also go to TikTok, Instagram, YouTube to find the little clips because clips will be on those three platforms. There'll be every time a new episode's uploaded, a clip will be uploaded as well, kind of like a notification that, hey, there's a new episode. Go check it out. Go see what the Lord's got for you today. So you can do that too. Go to uh, TikTok and Instagram. It's Lord I Need You with periods instead of spaces. You'll find the album cover as well as like the uh, photo ID thing. What's it called? I'm blanking. Um, ID picture? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Whatever that thing is. Can't think of the word right now. But yeah, before we dive into Humility Breathes Hope Part 2, we are going to pray. So, If you are able, please close your eyes, bow your heads, put your hands together, and take off your hats as we are about to talk to the Lord himself. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this time that we get to spend with you. We thank you for this time that we get to dive deeper into your word and learn more. Um, Lord, we pray that as we listen to what you have to say, uh, we we listen with open ears and open heart and open mind and an open soul. So we may know what you have for us today in this word. Father, help us find where we need to put our hope in and help us figure out where we are putting our hope if it's not you. Father, we love you so much. Keep us all safe as we're either driving or or working or whatever we're doing while they're listening to this podcast. Keep them safe as they go throughout their day. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's get this show on the road.
We're going to be talking about humility breathes hope, hence the title of the episode. So hope. Hope is something that our body desperately needs and our souls desperately need, but yet when they get when hope gets crushed and hope gets taken away from you, it's a pain that is brutal. We all know this because when we put hope into something, when we put hope into something, whatever it is, we get those dopamine uh, chemicals start to run through our bodies. They get released from our brain and they get to start running through our bodies. So we get happy. We get joyful. Yeah, we have hope in something. There's hope for a better whatever, right? Now, the second hope gets destroyed or that hope gets thrown away or something happens to where you don't have hope anymore. The exact opposite starts to happen. The feeling of pain, the feeling of uh, regret or the feeling of unsafe, um, just all the opposite feelings start to occur, and we tend to put our our bodies into these chemical roller coasters of hope and hope getting destroyed, and then we find hope in something else, and then it gets destroyed. So we continue to find these roller coaster of emotions that are all based in hope. Now the hard part to say is that there is hopelessness throughout this world. Every day you can find something that's hopeless. Every day you can find something that you don't want to put your hope in or that you put your hope in and then totally got destroyed. I mean, every single day there's something at it. I, I have this military news app. I'm a military guy. I love the military news app because it's just facts. It doesn't give me bipolar. But I get episodes, I get notifications on it every single day. Every single day a new article pops up with the news of what's going on in this world, right? And every single day... There has to be at least something negative that pops up. At least something negative that pops up on this news and telling me how this is bad, that's bad, that's going wrong, someone died, someone is dying, or someone cheated, someone, you get the picture. It's always, there's always something negative. So there's always something to kind of put you down if you let it. Now I have my phone right in front of here, so we're going to open it up right now. American Military News. I recommend it if you want straight fact news. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, look at I literally just loaded it. And it says, several dead from a bow and arrow attack in Norway. That's great. Um, Let's see. What's the next one? Chicago likely to lose 1,500 cops by January amid mass officer exodus. Plummeting applications. Uh, let's see. What's the next one? Oh. Dozens of CIA informatives killed, captured, or compromised. That's great. So what's the next one? Five American families attacked with subsonics with suspected sonic weapons at U.S. Embassy in Colombia days before one of our senators arrives. Let's see. Oh, look at that. Postal worker fatal shootings. Two fatal fatally shoots two colleagues, dies by suicide at Memphis facility. So you you get the picture. You just start scrolling and you just start to see all the terrible things that happen in this world. All the hopelessness that runs through this world. It's all on your phone. It's right in front of your face. It's right in your pocket all day. Hopelessness is in your pocket all day. Now, with that said, I know there's a lot of hope that you can find as well. But I'm saying what, what sells? Hopelessness obviously sells. That's going to grab your attention more than hope. And so as we have this narrative throughout our lives that hopelessness, we are constantly trying to find places to put hope into so we can have those dopamine releases inside of our bodies. So what are those things, what are those places, people, places, things that we put our hope into? 
Some people put their hope in work or in their job, right? Oh, I'm hoping. I'm going to put my hope in my work and my job. You might not say those words, but you're putting your hope in your job because you know you're doing good. You know you're about to get that promotion. You know that you're the next guy in line. You're qualified. You've been working your butt off for this new promotion. Coworker gets the promotion. You don't. You get overlooked. Hope destroyed. Okay, fine. Don't put your hope in work. Put your hope in the government. <laughs> put your hope in the government. That will help. That will make everything better. You could definitely know that your hope is secure in the government. I voted for this person. I'm so excited. I put my hope in them because I know they're going to do everything right. I know they're going to bring me success. I know they're going to make my life better. They get out of office and you're still in the same spot. Or they end up lying to you. Or they end up cheating you. Or they end up spitting lies to you. Okay, fine. I'll put, I don't want to put my hope in outside sources. Let's stay close to home. Let's put our hope in family, right? Let's put our hope in our loved ones, right? I mean, how can they hurt us? They're our family. That's the biggest lie I literally just said on this podcast. Their family, they are going to hurt you. That is the whole point because they are family. They're the closest with you. They're going to, they're going to probably hurt you the most because you're closest with them. You put your hope in your family someone's going to say the wrong thing. They're going to hurt your feelings. Someone's not going to live up to the expectation that you're putting their hope on. Someone's not going to invite you somewhere. Someone's not going to raise you the way you wish you were raised. Someone's not going to teach you the things you wish you were taught in your family. Hope destroyed. Okay, fine. Let's not. Family's too close. Work's too far out there. Family's too close. Let's put our hope in friends. Yeah, until an argument happens and the friend says something you don't like and, you know, you stop talking. And you're no longer friends. And then the hope in that friendship is gone because you had a blowout. Okay, fine. Fine. Uh, let's see. Medicine. It's supposed to help you, right? You're supposed to have hope in things that help you, right? I mean, the words are pretty similar. So let's put our hope in medicine because that's supposed to make you feel better. So when you're sad or depressed or in pain or or whatever it is, let's put our hope in some medicine. So you start taking the medicine, you feel better for a little bit, and then you get addicted to it. And then it's something you can't get rid of. And then it starts taking over your life. And then you start being addicted to this drug that takes over your life and you can't do anything about it. Hope destroyed. Now, I'm not saying all these things are bad. I'm not saying that these things aren't going to do right by you because they will sometimes they will do right by you but sometimes they won't so why are you putting our hope in something that's not going to 100 percent take care of it and you know why this isn't going to keep you going you know why this isn't going to hold your hope perfectly and it's going to drop and it's going to destroy your hope every time there's one factor that all these have in common that's that's the reason why your hope is going to get destroyed every time you put it in one of these things it's because they all have to do or are ran by people. Now, this is a fact that not a lot of people want to hear, but it's true. So I need you to open up your, your ears and hear this. People are going to fail you every single time. Now, I know that sounds terrible. I know you probably don't want to hear that, but people are going to fail you every single time. You know why? Because they're sinful. Because they're naturally sinful human beings. And guess what? people that are putting their hope in you, you're going to fail them every single time. We are all going to fail each other. 
The people that you're putting your hope in, they're going to fail you. People that are putting their hope in you, you're going to fail them. We're all sinful human beings. That's just the nature of the world that we live in. We are going to fail. And we have to get over that fact and get over that unkind statement because it's the truth. We're all going to fail. But what do we put our hope in if we can't put our hope in anybody because or our prolonged or all of our hope on anybody because if we're sinful people, we're going to fail. So what do we put our hope in? What do we put our hope in? If you have your Bible with you, I want you to open up to 2 Chronicles chapter 30 because we're going to be taking a look at 2 Chronicles chapter 30. Now we're going to get right back to this. Where do we put our hope in? Because the passage I just told you to open up to is going to tell us. But I do want to go into a little bit how I got to, how the Lord asked me to open up to 2 Chronicles because I think it's a cool story and how we got to part two of talking about hope. Now, it was Monday and I just came off of a really hard weekend and a very hard end of the week that I might go into a little bit later. But I was sitting and I got a email from the Billy Graham Association. Now, if you don't know who Billy Graham is, he is probably the biggest evangelist that's ever come. And he was known as America's pastor. And he started his evangelistic ministry in like the 1950s. And it went on for decades. I look up to him. He's one of my guys that I look up to the most. Um, and there, the association sent me an email saying, hey, listen on to this uh, sermon that not a lot of people get to see. But if you you know click on this link, we'll, we'll show you to it. So I prayed about it. And the Lord was like, yes, listen to it. And so I, but before I asked the Lord, okay, what do you want me to speak on? He said, listen to this video and I will tell you through this video what you need to speak on. And the whole thing, the whole message was about hope, was about how there's no hope in this world, but there is hope in Jesus Christ. And honestly, this video was awesome because it could have been spoken today and it was spoken decades ago and it still is awesome perfect and hits exactly on the head of the nail today. So obviously after the video, I asked the Lord, I'm pretty sure you're telling me to speak about some peak about hope again. And the Lord was like, yes, speak about hope again. So here we are with hope part two. So I thought that was pretty cool. Then earlier that day during my own personal time with the Lord, the Lord's having me read through the Bible from cover to cover. So right now I'm in second Chronicles and I was reading chapter 30 and I was like, Lord, what, what, in the Bible do you want me to use about hope? Because obviously the Bible has to be a part of, should be the basis of every sermon given, in my opinion. And the Lord was like, the chapter you read today. I had you read the Bible this way so that on this day, you would read this chapter. Because I only read the read the word in my personal God time if the Lord asked me to, unless, because sometimes he'll ask me just to sit in his presence or just to be spoken to and just to write. Sometimes he asks me to read, but I only read when he tells me to do. When he reads, I read the next few chapters of where I'm, wherever I'm at. And so it was ordained that I read this chapter on this day so that I know I'm speaking about hope and that this chapter has to do and correlates with hope so that it would be in this podcast and that you would be listening to it wherever you are, whenever you are listening to it. So I just think that's pretty cool. It's pretty ordained by God. As I said, everything I do here, I'm just the messenger. Everything I do here is from the Lord. So with that said, let's dive in to 2 Chronicles chapter 30. Now I'll give you some background. There was a king 
His name was King Hezekiah, and he was the king of the territories of Israel and Judah. So he is the first king in a long, long time that actually is trying to bring the people back to the Lord. He's like, if I'm king, then I'm bringing the Lord back to this place because this is the Lord's people and we are going to follow the Lord's commands every step of the way. And so now he's trying to change things, right? He's trying to fix the temple because the temple was in ruins. So he's trying to clean that out and fix it. And he's also wanting to hold the commands of the Lord. So now we're going to go read verses six through eight. So this, we're going to read through three different sections, three different little verse sections. And we're going to read verses six through eight. And this is kind of the command that King Hezekiah is saying. So let me get my Bible out in front of me. There we go. Second Chronicles chapter 30, verses six through eight. At the king's command, runners were sent throughout Israel and Judah. They carried letters that said, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, so that he will return to the few of us who have survived the conquest of the Assyrian kings. Do not be like your ancestors and relatives who abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and became an object of mockery, as you yourselves can see. Super good. That's the command. We need to go back to following the Lord. That is what we're going to do. So King Hezekiah sent out his messengers, just like the Lord sends out his messengers today. I am one of them here speaking on on behalf of the Lord, what the Lord has asked me to speak, right? It's as simple as a messenger can be. And so he sends a messenger out to the people throughout the lands to tell them, hey, we are turning back to the Lord. We are asking you to come back to the almighty King. Now, what is he saying? What is Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, actually saying? He's saying, I need you to step out and put your hope in Jesus again. We're coming back to the Lord, so I need you to step out and be uncomfortable and put your hope into the Almighty King, the Almighty Father. Not me, not King Hezekiah, not the earthly king, but the Almighty King. We're not going to put our hope in President Joe Biden or President Trump or President Obama. We're not going to put our hope in... Nancy Pelosi or anyone else in government or anyone else, we're going to put our hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So that's what he's asking of the people. So now we're going to go to verses, we're going to skip to verses 10 through 11, right? This is a decision that people make. We get a little glimpse on what the people are going to decide. So here's verse 10 through 11. The runners went from town to town throughout Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as the territory of Zebulun. But most of the people just laughed at the runners and made fun of them. However, some people from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. Now, I'm sorry. I know I probably screwed up. Zebulun? Zeb- you know what I'm trying to say. It's a place. But I want you to see here people laughing. People laughing at the messengers. Now, I want I want to take a moment. And talk about that because what are they really doing? What are they really doing when they're laughing at when they're laughing at these messages that come by? They're seeing that, hey, King Hezekiah is asking us to put our hope in the Almighty Father. And they're laughing at him because their pride is getting in the way, and they're so comfortable in putting their hope in the worldly things. And what we talked about before, what always fails, they're so comfortable in putting their hope in people. They're so comfortable, in fact, that even when it's failed them every single time, 
Even when their hope has been failed, their hope has been put on high and then it's got destroyed. Just thrown on the ground and chucked on the ground, destroyed. Every single time that happens, they put their hope in something else and it gets destroyed. They put their hope in this person over there and it gets destroyed. They put their hope in their king and it gets destroyed. But yet they're so comfortable in that cycle. They're so comfortable in this ride of a constant battle, a constant roller coaster of ups and downs, twists and turns, loop-de-loops, and, and all the other things that come on a roller coaster. They're so comfortable sitting in that roller coaster, even though it's throwing them around the cart constantly, banging across the sides, because that's what's happening to their emotions, right? They're putting their hope into these people, and then it gets destroyed, as I've said many times already. And so they're banging their emotions around, just like your body gets flying around on a roller coaster. And it's just constant, constant, and they're and yet they're comfortable in that. They're comfortable in letting their hope get destroyed. I think that's so ironic that usually when you're in comfort, that it's pleasant. Usually that when you're in comfort, that's a positive, that's a good thing. But no, they've they've gotten so used to it that they're comfortable in the pain. They're comfortable in what is eventually gonna hurt them. And that's exactly what we do today. That is exactly what goes on today is that we get so comfortable in the ride of hope in people that it ends up hurting us, but we don't even notice anymore. It hurts us and then we throw, put our hope in something else that we know is going to hurt us in the first place because again, it's another person, another sinful being and it's just going to destroy it. And instead, we don't decide to humble ourselves. Now that's the key. Humility breathes hope. If we are able to humble ourselves, then we are able to see that that roller coaster, we're able to get through our pride and see that that roller coaster is only hurting us and hurting those that we're putting our hope in because we're putting false expectations on those people saying that you can make sure my hope comes true. And they can't do that. If we are able to take the pride off of our eyes and humble ourselves and see that our hope, the only safe place our hope is going to be, is in Christ. Humility breathes hope. You need to get off that roller coaster that's banging you around constantly. You need to get off that roller coaster that's taking your hope and throwing it around and dropping it on the floor and crushing it. You need to get off that roller coaster and get on that lazy river in true comfort with the Lord, knowing that your hope is never going to be thrown away again. Your hope is never going to be destroyed again. Once you put it in Christ, it's never going to be thrown away again because it's going to be in that Leslie River. It's going to be calm. But it takes it takes being uncomfortable to make that move. So right now you're comfortable in this roller coaster and you're banging across the sides and your hope is getting thrown around. But you need to Make yourself uncomfortable because the only way we're going to grow is if we get out of our comfort. The only way we're going to grow is if we get uncomfortable. Same thing goes physically with our muscles. The only way we're going to grow our muscles is if we put them through pain and make it uncomfortable. Right? When you sit in, when you don't work your muscles, they get comfortable and they start to relax and they get all loose. The only way we need to get into that lazy river and put our hope in Christ, knowing that we can flow freely in comfort, that putting our hope in the Lord, that it's going to be safe there, is to make ourselves uncomfortable and get off the roller coaster and put it in Christ. 
get uncomfortable, find humility, and put your hope in Christ. That's the whole key. Humility breathes hope. Get uncomfortable. Find humility. Because humility breathes hope. And it even says here, right here in that same verse, verses 11. Where are you? There you are. However, some people from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. They heard that they heard King Hezekiah's call that they you need to put your hope in Christ. And they humbled themselves realizing, oh my gosh, I'm a sinful person. Oh my gosh, that hope I'm putting in over that guy over there, he's a sinful person too. So why am I putting my hope there? When you humble yourself and realize, hey, we're all going to mess up. We can't hold your we can't hold your hope. Then you'll realize that the only place that's worthy of your hope and that can Hold your hope in caring, loving arms is Christ, our Father in heaven. So, I want to ask you this question as we, as before we move on to the next couple verses. Where are you putting your hope in? Are you putting on your hope in any of the things I list earlier? Because I know I have. I've been there. I, it's a constant battle. The thing about putting your hope in Christ is that it's a constant battle. It's not a... Okay, I'm going to put my hope in Christ. There, did it, done. We're good for the rest of life. No, it's something that you got to think about every single day. It's a constant it's a constant work that you have to physically, mentally put your hope in Christ and not in others. I've been in a long journey with the Lord where the Lord kind of put me in a Job situation where if you don't know Job, I encourage you to look it up. I can't go into it all right now. Probably another another episode, another day. But the Lord takes everything away from him. The Lord takes everything away from him, so it's just him and the Lord. And the Lord did that with me for two years. For two years, he took everything away from me. He took all my friends. He took my. He took some family members. He took um, a job. He took school. He took everything away. So it was just me and him. Literally and figuratively, just the Lord and I. And it was amazing. But at the same time, and all through high school, I've always wanted a 2 a.m. friend. And being a Christian in high school, you know, that obviously doesn't give you a ton of friends. Um, but continue to follow the Lord. But I continue to crave that relationship. I crave that friendship where I could call a buddy at 2 a.m. in the morning when crap's hitting the fan and they're going to come with no questions asked. I wanted that so bad. And then I didn't have that all through high school. And then the Lord puts me through this journey where it's just me and him. And he takes everything else away. So now I don't even have any friends, even any surface level friends. And even family members started leaving me because they didn't understand. And they and it made them uncomfortable. See, there's that uncomfortable word again. People are so busy being comfort, being comfortable in their life and not stepping out into the uncomfortable zone and putting their hope in Christ. And so I ended up losing a ton of people because they were more comfortable in their own area and they and they saw where I was going was uncomfortable, so they stayed. I'm not saying here to hype, hype myself up, I swear, because if you continue listening, I mess up big time. And so I'm going, I'm going through this time with the Lord, and it's great, although it's super painful, but that's the only way you can grow, right? I've said it before with the lifting today. The only way you can grow is through the pain, and so we're going through it, and I'm growing, but at the same time, I'm still having that crazy crave for a 2 a.m. friend. And then, totally given by the Lord, 
because as I said in episode zero, when I was explaining a little bit about me, the messenger of this podcast, go back and listen to it if you want to learn a little bit about me. But as I said, soon after we moved to Asheville, North Carolina, we found this church and I literally went to the church for maybe two weeks and then my sister got connected into the student's ministry and then I went off to camp and I came back. And when I went off to camp, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anyone at all. And so when I came back to camp, I came back with a friend group of like 30 different people. And at least 15 of those were 2 a.m. friends. Right before I went to camp, I literally had zero. And I come back from camp a week later, five days later, and I have 15 of them I can call at 2 in the morning and I know they would be there. No questions asked. And so it was a complete blessing from the Lord because the Lord told me to go there. The Lord told me to go to camp and the Lord knew that I was going to get all these friendships. But yet, even though I had those friends that I could call at two in the morning, they would come. We were still new. We still barely knew each other. And yet that craving for friendship and that craving for those 2 a.m. friends to be solidified, I went overboard. I put my hope in these friends. I put my hope in these friendships and I dived in 100% into the relationship. I dived 100% into the relationship and I ended up getting hurt in the process. I dived in 100% into the relationship and I put 100% of my hope of a friendship into the relationship and not into God where it should be. And I put it into this friend because I've been craving it for decades. And I almost, and I'm still going through it right now. This is part of the hard week I had when I said in the beginning. Part of the hard week I had was because of these friendships straining and going through pain because of me going all the way in too far, too fast and saying things I shouldn't or actions being misinterpreted because they still don't know me, but yet I'm acting like they're my 2 a.m. friend. Now I know they will be in time, but I put my hope, I put all my hope in these friendships and not in the Lord that I gave everything into it with the prideful mindset, because I didn't have humility in this, saying that I know, I know that these friends are going to have my back. I know that they got me. And then things get misinterpreted. People hear me and they don't hear how I mean it. They hear what they know because they don't even really know me. People get hurt. Emotions get flared up. Decisions start to be made that aren't, aren't good decisions and snowballs from there. I did not humble myself and I did not put my hope in the Lord. Instead, I've put my hope in friends. That was one of the things I said earlier. I put my hope in friends and it got crushed as it always will. Every single time it will. And it's something that we need to think about constantly. It's an everyday work. It's an everyday battle to put your hope in Christ. And this is what King Hezekiah is asking of his people to put their hope in Christ. Put aside your your pride, find humility And put your hope in Christ. Some did, some don't. Now, let's move on to verse 26 through 27. Because this is the result of what happens to those who put their hope in Christ. Verse 26. There was great joy in the city. For Jerusalem had not seen a celebration like this one since the days of Solomon, King David's son. Then the priests and Levites stood and blessed the people. And God heard their prayer from the holy dwelling in heaven. Now, that is, that is, I mean, there's no other outcome. When you put your hope in Christ, there's no other outcome. 
than being blessed by the Lord and celebrating. Because your hope is secure. Your hope is in this in the hands of not a human, not a sinful being, but on a holy, loving God. A God filled with love, grace, justice, mercy. That's who you're putting your hope in. You're not putting your hope in a person who's filled with sin, lust, anger, pride. I mean, I'm not saying they're all bad. They some have love and hope and mercy and they have all the they have some of those too, but they also have all the evil that comes with it. The Lord Almighty doesn't have any of the evil that comes with it because he is pure and holy. And if you put your hope in that, then you know your hope is secure. And you know that's where your hope resides. Now I want to give you some context when he says King Solomon, since they haven't had a celebration like that since King Solomon, David's son. Now, King Solomon, his reign ended in 931 BC. King Hezekiah, his reign didn't start until 725 BC. That's 202 years difference. So there was 202 years where the people put their hope in Christ, because Solomon was, was a king that followed the Lord's commands and put his hope in Christ and asked the people to do the same. For 202 years, the people put their hope in worldly things and earthly kings in the Assyrian kings because the Syrians ended up taking over so they had to put their hope in him. They didn't have to. They chose. And they didn't celebrate. They didn't find blessings. They didn't find joy in anything because it was constantly they were constantly on that roller coaster being banged around comfortable in getting their hope destroyed. And so finally after 202 years King Hezekiah asked those to again put your hope in Christ those who were able to found blessings and found a celebration. Now, what were they celebrating? They were celebrating the Passover because for 202 years, they didn't celebrate the Passover like they were supposed to. The laws given to Moses by God himself told him to celebrate the Passover, make it a big celebration. The whole territory, the whole kingdom needs to celebrate the Passover. And so they didn't. And this was the first time they had a true celebration since King Solomon. And it was because they put their hope in Christ. <sighs> Putting your hope in Christ. Now, what does that what does that do? Because it's a constant battle, right? It's a constant fight to put your hope in Christ, as I've said before. Now, some people I know are going to say, well, why would I put my hope in something I can't see, I can't touch, I can't feel? I can't, I can't, I can't because I don't have the reassurance because that's uncomfortable. It's more comfortable to put my hope in something I could see, I could touch, I can listen to. Now that is the lie of the evil one because you can see him, you can hear him, and he does talk to you and you can talk to him back. You can do all these things. You can put your hope in all of that. Now you need the Holy Spirit though to, to hear him, to feel him, to see him and to recognize his voice. And the only way you get the Holy Spirit is by accepting the Lord Almighty into your heart as your Lord and Savior. So if you want to put your hope, if you want to find humility, because humility breathes hope, and put your hope in Christ, you need to give your life to Christ. You need to give everything to him. You need to give your whole life to him and claim him as your father because he is waiting for you and he wants you to put your hope in his hands. He wants you to set it in there because he's going to take care of it. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. 
life is still going to be hard. It always will be because that's the sinful nature of the world. But he's bigger than that and he's going to protect your hope. And he's going to bless you for putting your hope in him. He wants you. He created you. He wants you with him. He wants you and all your hope because he knows you. So find humility and put your hope in him. But if you want to hear his voice, if you want to feel the presence of the Almighty Father, and if you want to see his miracles happen in front of your eyes, then you need to give your life to Christ. You need to give your life to Christ. And it's it's a simple prayer, but it's the biggest prayer there is. And it's something that you have to mean with all your heart, soul, and mind. You can't say the prayer and not mean it. The Lord knows. You need to mean it. So I'm going to give you that chance. If, if you've humbled yourself enough to realize that everywhere you've put your hope, it has failed you every single time and just have brought you pain after pain after pain, and you're ready to give all that away, and you're ready to give up all the pain that comes with it, and you're ready to step off of that roller coaster and into the lazy river, out of the comfort and into the uncomfortable state of giving your life to Christ. If you're ready for that, then I want you to repeat the prayer after me. Humility breathes hope. Put yourself in a humble posture, in a humble position. Again, if you're able, close your eyes, bow your heads, put your hands together and take your hats off as in respect. As we humble ourselves, that's all a form of humbling ourselves. So then we have the opportunity to put our hope. And we only have the opportunity to put our hope in Him as if we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. This is a way to have your hope to be truly taken care of and to never be broken again. This is a place where you can put your hope. So I'm going to pray. And if you're feeling like this is your time to give your life to Christ, because He's so excited, He's nagging at you, you're here, you're listening to this podcast right now, there's a reason for it. There's a reason why you're here and he's doing that. Open up your heart. Repeat after me. Dear Lord, I believe in you. I believe that you are the King of Kings. I believe you are the only God, the one and only God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again three days later. I love you, Father. I'm giving my hope to you. I'm humbling myself, Father. I believe that you are the one true God. And I give my life to you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you have literally just given your life to Christ. You have received your salvation, and now you can place your hope in Him. Now, it's a continual day-after-day placement of your hope in Him, but you have the opportunity now to put your hope in Him and watch that hope be blessed and not be destroyed. It will not be destroyed like the worldly people do, like all of us will do to your hope. Even me. Don't put your hope in me. I'll destroy your hope. Not on purpose, but I will fail because I'm a human. But you put your hope in Christ. And Christ is going to cradle that thing like it's a little baby bird. And he's going to bless it. 
and he's not going to hurt it. He's not going to drop it. He's going to bless it because he loves you so much. He loves you more than any person can possibly love you because he created you. He is your heavenly father. That's why we call him that. This is huge. You just made the greatest decision of your life and I am so proud of you. And they are having a celebration just like they had a celebration at the Passover here in 2 Chronicles. They are having a celebration up in heaven for you. And it is a party that you, can, you can't even imagine because they are so excited that you're coming home. So if you just prayed that prayer, please get yourself a Bible if you don't have one. Go find a community. Find a church, find a group of people that love the Lord and are willing to walk with you, alongside you as you grow your faith. It's huge. Continue. Continue to grow. Continue to grow in Him. Continue to throw your hope on Him. And watch it not fall. And watch it not get destroyed. Guys, I'm so happy you were here. Thank you for being here. Again, humility breathes hope. Remember that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, episode 5 will be coming. We're going to keep going as long as the Lord keeps telling me to go. Um, please get this out there if you can. We would love to for the Lord's words to reach other people because I'm just the messenger, letting allowing him to speak through me. So I thank you again, guys, for listening. I hope you have a great day. And for those who gave their life to Christ, let's go. I'm so proud of you. I'm hooping, hollering over here for you. I am I'm so happy. I don't even know what to say because I'm so happy. Go get yourself a cake. Go celebrate. Do something because this is huge. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. I'll catch you next time on the next episode. This was episode four. Humility breathes hope. Thanks, guys. Love you all. See ya.